0: You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Hello and welcome to the Grace Church Salado podcast. My name is David Laws. I'm the Associate Pastor of Operations and Engagement here at Grace. And I'm joined again this week by Jason Goings, Pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace. If this is your first time listening, the whole reason that we do this podcast is just so that you would come away from this little 10-minute conversation loving God's Word more, knowing how to apply it to your life. And so that's our desire for it. And this week, we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, and it says this, For everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He's before all things, and by Him all things Hold together. So, Jason, I am really, really excited about this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in scripture. Um,
1: I'm ex- I'm really excited to to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, this is one of those texts that we need often. Um when we think about doing the life verses to to help people memorize God's word so that in their life they can have abundant joy. This is one of those. Uh, that just bluntly reminds us of God's supremacy and, 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 if I'm honest, of our smallness. And what I love about this passage specifically is um, it, it doesn't highlight my smallness, but I, I see my smallness because it highlights God's bigness. And so when I really unpack this passage, I think, okay, if he's that and he did this and he's looked at this and he's holding all of this, then I'm not really in charge and I'm not really that big and I'm not really in control. And he is. So it's not an oppressive way of showing me my smallness, but, but a helpful way. And that's kind of
0: the theme that's going on here in Colossians, right? When we're thinking about the context and what's happening in this book, I mean, that's kind of what's, what Paul's doing here, right?
1: Yeah, he's uh, writing to the church in Colossae, gatherings uh, of some some groups there, and and um, he's really headlining and exalting the centrality centrality of Christ and and his beauty, um, his authority, uh, really bringing it all in before he goes into this mode of calling us to a Christ centered life. He is establishing the centrality of Christ right here. It's good.
0: It's good stuff. So what are when you break it apart and you start looking at some of these pieces, there's a lot of beautiful parts of this. What are some of those puzzle pieces that you see in this verse? Well,
1: probably way too much to do in a 10 minute podcast. So just for me simply, when I'm when I'm remember this verse and and, and remembering it as a as a life verse, I, I think of what I see here is I see creator Christ and sustainer christ uh there's more right but but really the, uh, he, he created he is the creator son of god and what i like about this is it doesn't say that he created some things he didn't he didn't just create the things we like like he didn't just create dessert and uh, fluffy kittens you know it, i mean he created uh and he didn't just create the things we can see he created all these things that are unseen uh, he created all countries and here's the difficult part for us. he created all kings. He created people we agree with and people we don't agree with. Um, and and that's that's how you know for everything was created and it was created by him like by Christ. I love this. this is a this is the affirmation that this wasn't something God the Father did and and then just asked, or sent his son to go live in it. No, Christ is the co-creator here in the Trinity, and I love it. And so, and He created all things. So,
0: and when one thing I love is when you look at the end of verse sixteen about how God created everything. There's a there's an addition to that which is really important for us too, because it says all things have been created through Him and for Him. Like there's a purposefulness for every single thing that's ever existed. So when we look at all these blessings that God has created, step A is that we were meant to enjoy them. And then step B is that that enjoyment should overflow into praise. That's what it means for that enjoyment, you know, to be aimed for Him. God created that for Him. And you look at the other side, the coin was suffering. You know, suffering was intended to be something that would ultimately glorify God in the way that we would walk through that. And so, there's no such thing as an inherently meaningless thing. Every, everything that God made in some way is part of his orchestra of, of instruments that are singing his praise, you know, or were designed to sing his praise.
1: Yeah, and David, that's perfect because all throughout scriptures, we see that as God's story, right? Um, the most, you know, clarifying is when Joseph is confronted by his brothers who sold him into slavery, basically shipped him out to die. And Joseph, through God's providence and God's will, just rose and rose and rose and ended up, they were coming to him. And and in compassion and mercy, Joseph says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So he's not saying, you meant it for evil, so God had to act and do something with it. found a way to make it good. Yeah, I know. He meant it for good. And so... And so when you, when you, we, we kind of understand that, yeah, okay, we can get that God, the father is usually what we think of, but Paul is saying, this is Jesus who created this and this is for his glory. So a lot of times at our church, we, we kind of wrap up our conversation with God by saying not just in your name, but also for your fame, we're asking these things and um, because it's for him.
0: Well, and as a follower of Jesus, how encouraging and stabilizing is that truth? You know, I think back to seasons of my own life when you're so tempted to focus on yourself, and that can be really discouraging when you're in a hard place of just, why Jesus? Why God? Why would you allow this to happen to me? Why am I going through this? And there is an answer to that why, you know, and the answer for the believer is that This isn't all about us. Our existence on this earth isn't about us. There's a greater thing happening here outside of ourselves. Um, And there's something comforting in that, that our knowing that everything that we're going through has a purposefulness to it. There's not a vanity for the believer uh, in the way that we live our lives.
1: Well, yeah. and, And I would even say for me, that's so true, but I can even say at times that's not enough just to say, Okay, he created all this for his glory as part of a big purpose, but it just seems all out of control. So it's not just that he's a creator. This passage also says he's a sustainer. You know, just to read the verse again, verse 17, he is before all things, he's creator before it all, and by him all things hold together. Uh, So when you think about what you're just saying, like, yeah, it does help us that when we do believe and know it's part of a bigger purpose, grand design to bring glory to God, but also not just that he is actually holding the very things that look out of place with us. He's holding all things together. Um, what I like about this is that the triune God did not create and then step back and say, good luck. Uh, hope y'all figure it out. um, we don't believe in it in the kind of open theism there no god is intricately involved and he's holding things together now for us it doesn't look like sometimes he's holding everything together but he's our creator and he's sustaining what he creates he's holding it so
0: well and i think something that you said is important because when you when you read a verse like this there's so much truth wrapped up in it that part of what we should be called to respond with is believing that that is true. And it's easy to think that that it's just knowledge. Like this is just something we're supposed to just throw in our head, but you kind of, I think touched on something really important when we're talking about how do you apply a passage like this? Like how do you take this passage that's just talking about who God is and make it meaningful for us? Well, the way we do that is to cling to that truth and, and believe in that, that truth, um, And so we hold on to that truth when it's not easy and natural to hold on to. Like, when we think about God sustaining everything at every moment, that means that God's promise of presence is real. The same thing He promised Moses, the same thing He promised Jesus promised whenever He was sending out the disciples at the end of His life, that He will be with us at all times. Uh, We have to remember that when we look at passages like this. Like, God's not leaving. He's not just abandoning us and hoping for the best, but He is with us through the Holy Spirit.
1: Well it in his presence with us isn't a, a passive presence. Like he's with us doing work. And um and so when I've thought about this over my life and think about it in the context of this week also, the applications for this text to believe this are, are helpful on, on a macro level and on a personal micro level. Like on a on a macro level, you know, we think about this week, Afghanistan, Haiti. Um, we think about this last year, um, pandemic riots, national unrest. We in our country are kind of new to the national unrest, but national unrest have been going on for a long time all throughout the world um oil prices, global warming, tsunamis, fires like uh, okay, when we're just thinking about what's happening over the world we could we could have an anxiety attack pretty quickly but we remember God's holding, he's working, he's active. Something's going on that we don't see, even though we're weeping as we're seeing it. Um, um, you know, the questions I've had, you know, who, who's overseeing the stuff? I mean, if I'm honest, when I'm watching the the stuff in Afghanistan, who's to blame, right? We ask questions like that. Something happens at work and, or a church implodes or it's, we, we look we're looking for somebody to put the crosshairs on. Okay, it's one way to go. Another way could, we could go is like you know what? We don't have the answers. It, it's important that we kind of ask the hard questions, but ultimately, God's not surprised by it all. He's working, and man, it frustrates. We wish we knew why all the time, but, but we don't. And so that that's the macro level
0: yeah and it ties back in a way um to that idea of this being a stabilizing comforting truth for us because i I almost think about it back when we were moving a lot and my daughter just didn't get it she was asking you know why like why like why are we going here to here to here and in my mind there was just too much for her to grasp like it wasn't something i could just explain in a way that she's gonna get it and be like oh okay now i feel better about moving So, what I did was, I had to remind her of important truths and hold her hand and look her in the eye and say, hey, Our house may change is mommy and daddy ever gonna change and she said no you know and I had to reinforce those core truths about who I was who she was and who we were in relationship to each other that stabilized her through that season of change and and confusion and where she didn't get the whole picture and she didn't need to get the whole picture what she needed was to make sure that she understood those foundational truths and when you look at Afghanistan if you're just looking at the news there's no way to end up in any state other than devastated, right? Which as a believer, there should be, you know, that, yeah, that sadness and brokenness. And there can be a piece of that where we look at it through the lens of knowing God is sovereign over this. The Taliban are not the ultimate kings in Afghanistan. There is a king that is greater than them that is ruling over this this entire situation in some way that can be confusing for us to
1: understand. And I love that story about your daughter and in giving her what she needs for the moment. That's what Paul's doing to Claus. Well, one, Paul didn't have it all. He didn't know it all either. So, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's sending them what you send to your child. Here's what we do know Christ is the creator, Christ is our sustainer. You know, walk with me, go with me. I'm not leaving you, I'm holding you, and it's going to be good. And so, I like that story.
0: And I think there's other things that we could probably parse out of this passage, but I think that's a really good anthem for us to hold on to at the end of this podcast is that God never changes. He is who He is. He is the one that is sovereign. All things are for Him and through Him and from Him. So we want to say thank you for listening to the Grace Church Slado podcast. We hope that this discussion spurred you on in your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. And we'll see you next Wednesday for an episode on Psalm 115, verses 2 and 3.